When God created mankind, He gave them dominion over all of creation. As God's stewards, we're to take care of the earth. But what happens if we neglect our duty or become excessive in our love for nature? Stay tuned. God, as it were, was placing mankind into the role as a king over the creation. This is Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal. I'm Chris O'Brien with the Institute for Creation Research. God has created a beautiful place for us to live, and it's our responsibility to take care of it. Psalm 115.16 says, The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. Although God is still in control of his creation, he has given man dominion over it. So what's the best way to steward over the earth? Please join us for the next 15 minutes as we discuss the importance of creation stewardship and our role as keepers of the earth. We'll also discuss what happens when that role is ignored or taken to an extreme level. Dr. Dennis England, biology professor at the Master's College in California, says God created the earth and gave us the job of caring for it. It was a mandate, not a suggestion, but because we're created in His image and because we were created at the beginning, not after the fact and not after millions of years after the creation was here. Therefore, we have a responsibility to him, and so we balance these different tasks. Yes, it's important we proclaim the creation story, because without that, we don't have the other. And so, in a sense, we're multitaskers in this world, but God said after each day of creation, it is good, meaning, hey, I like this, and because I like it, I want to make you to take care of it for me. And so we do, and it's a privilege to do for him. Genesis 1.28 says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Dr. Jonathan Henry, professor of natural science at Clearwater Christian College in Florida, says it's important to know what God is saying about creation stewardship. We need to have a proper understanding of exactly what Genesis 128 means when it says that man was to have dominion over the earth. What that means is that man was to be a wise steward, not to exploit the earth and not to dominate the earth as a, an exploiter. The verse says that man is to subdue the earth, and that doesn't carry the idea of exploitation either. It carries the idea of a man with determination, with a steady, unrelenting determination, learning about the earth through, of course, what we call science, making observations about the earth, studying the earth so he can be a good steward. Dr. John Silvius, professor of biology at Cedarville University in Ohio and author of the college textbook, Biology, Principles and Perspectives, says the word dominion seems to indicate kingly authority. God, as it were, was placing mankind into the role as a king over the creation. And so we have that kind of relationship of king to subjects under the king in Genesis 2.15 says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the idea here is one of stewardship because we have somebody in a higher authority, namely God, over this kingly role that we have, and he is the one who is the creator, the owner, 
and we then become stewards in the sense that the steward does not own the creation, does not own what he works with, but is put in charge by someone of higher authority and to whom he is responsible then to exercise proper kingship or proper stewardship. But in order to have this proper stewardship, we need to recognize God as creator and understand our role in creation. Dr. England. What happens too many times is we've come to fear God's creation due to lack of understanding and lack of understanding of our place in the creation. And so we pull apart to our own creations, our shopping malls, so to speak, as an example. The things produced by man bring glory to man, and the things produced by God bring glory to God. Now, I know these are extreme examples, and there's a lot of ways we use God's creation and things that we do, and so there are some combinations. But we've been so conditioned to look at man's creation, what he's made, that we've really neglected to look around and see what God's made. And consequently, we don't give him the glory. It instead brings glory to us. So creation brings glory to God as a creator. When it comes to caring for the environment, we often hear two extreme viewpoints. One is of apathy, waste, and exploitation. The other involves radical behavior to the point of worshiping nature. Dr. Henry talks about the sin of not taking care of what God has given us. Sometimes people will say, well, since the earth is going to end in fire and all the elements are going to melt with fervent heat, why take care of the earth? And I would simply respond, the car I drive will one day be in some kind of rust heap somewhere, but that doesn't mean that I, as the owner of the car, don't care how it's used today. If I loan my car to somebody, I care that they take care of it. And God certainly has the same expectation about how his creation, uh, mankind, will take care of the earth. So the Bible nowhere commends exploitation or wanton destruction of the earth, but it does tell us to take uh, good care of the earth. And of course, this is one of the points that the radical environmental movement greatly misunderstands. Uh, the radical environmental movement sees the scripture as, as kind of a fountainhead of of commands to destroy the earth, and this is just a total misunderstanding. The radical environmental movement is the other extreme we often encounter when dealing with stewardship of the earth. Romans 1, 21 and 25 warn us not to put the creation above the Creator. Quote, because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Dr. England. Many worship the earth. In other words, they've taken the other pathway. They've seen God's eternal power and Godhead and have turned away from that. And they've worshipped the creation itself. There's a real problem, because when you worship the earth, then you expect it to do things for you. But what you end up with is a capricious God. This is why they say Mother Nature has dealt us a hard blow. In other words, she is a capricious God. We have to appease her, which is no different than pagan idols at that point. And uh, that leads to many fatalistic destructive pathways. God never intended that nor wanted that view at all.
but yes, there are many that go that way because they have turned their backs on him. Dr. Henry says evolutionary thinking is behind extreme environmental beliefs, including false alarms about running out of natural resources. The fact is there is an emerging view in the uh, evolutionary community that finally mankind has evolved to the point where he can guide his own evolution and there are some who take this even further and say that man can now evolve into kind of a godhood or divine being and so it's among people of this sort that there's a real focus on trying to control the supposed evolution of the earth and so this results in a fear of processes that seem to be unpredictable or possibly going out of control but ultimately a lot of the fear stems from the fact there's no trust in God. And uh, the Bible does say perfect love casteth out fear. And so we have a situation that if a person really doesn't know the Lord, he can't really have that perfect love. And so there often tends to be fear in its place. And some of that fear for some people results in overstated environmental concerns that are less focused on finding uh, helpful solutions to real problems, but are more focused in, in spreading a kind of crisis mentality. Dr. England agrees that an evolutionary mindset affects the way we view the environment. He also points out that our role as stewards would not exist if evolution were true. If things were not created, there would be no curse. There would be no relation to God. But it was and there is. And therefore, we have a responsibility to help to sustain this world so that God's plan will take place and his kingdom will grow until such time as he decides in his plan to create a new heavens and a new earth. And so, regarding stewardship of the earth, we see contrasting views between evolutionary beliefs and that of creationism. The evolutionists would say that the wilderness, organisms, their relationships between each other evolved over time, and man is one that came along late after the fact. And they're able to get along quite well enough on their own. And if we just leave them alone, they'll be fine. However, if one looks at it from a creation point of view, man has been there from the beginning. And God gave man a charge to care for because he created man in his image. And he gave him abilities and insights over and above the other creatures. Therefore, from that mandate, the wilderness and the organisms of this planet where we live do need us. They're not complete in and of themselves. The important thing to remember when considering our role as God's stewards over His creation is balance. Neither apathy nor extremism is acceptable to the Lord. Dr. Silvius believes Christians should set the example for that proper balance of creation stewardship. I've had the privilege of taking several student groups to uh, nearby Springfield, Ohio. We've had some ministries with the urban people as they would plan cleanups uh, in the parks and so on. And we had just some neat times there of showing that Christians can exercise concern and are concerned for the environment, which we call the creation, as well as those that you know may have other secular reasons for it. So I recall one, one morning when we finished up a cleanup, I asked the people who were drawing upon our services if they would mind if we just had a word of prayer and and sang, and so we prayed and then sang the doxology, and it was just a neat time to draw you know, attention there, not only to the creation, but to God and His glory for being the Creator. 
God is the creator of all things, including the living soul he's placed in each and every one of us. Dr. England says salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ is available to all who will accept him. He'll meet them and he'll tell them that he loves them and that he died for them. He's paid the penalty of all sin on their behalf and they can be accepted by the God of the universe who's not capricious, who created the entire universe and all the stars, but he still loves them dearly and will care for them, and he'll wrap his arms around them. He said there's going to be a new heavens and a new earth that we can enjoy with him. And so this is just a taste. So that's a much better way to approach the wilderness, the heavens, than to consider to be a capricious Mother Nature. As our program comes to a close, we hope that you've been encouraged. It's our desire at ICR to show that the Bible can be trusted, both historically and scientifically, and to give facts that will build your faith. As Christians, we need to understand the scientific basis for our beliefs. We pray that this program will aid you in your discovery of science and the Bible. You know, most people aren't aware that today there are thousands of scientists that are convinced of the truth of biblical creation and not evolution. Our non-denominational ministry aims to restore and strengthen the Genesis foundations of the Christian faith. If you've enjoyed today's edition of Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, why not visit us on the web to find out more about the work of ICR. The address is www.icr.org. Again, www.icr.org. Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, is a production of ICR. For the Institute for Creation Research, I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in.